podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Jonathan Pierce. The mad side of genius! Terry Alderton. <laughs> the Football Friendly. Hello everybody and welcome to JPT, the Football Friendly. And uh, thanks for joining us again. We greatly appreciate it. Terry, lots to talk about uh, today. Yeah. Been a busy boy out gigging again. Where's yeah. your next gig, by the way? Do you know? Oh, uh, it'll be this week somewhere. I can't even think. I'm even on that flipping TikTok now. Can you believe that? That's where I've got to. Once upon a time, Jonathan, I was uh, on the television, and you know you could flick through TV and you could maybe see a news program or a program about music or something and then maybe you might flick on and find me on some terrible tv show but now what you could get is you can find me uh doing stand-up on that tiktok and uh flicked through to another clip with a bloke getting punched in mcdonald's and then flick through to someone having a shit in a pizza box so that's where well, i'm and all three of you and all three of me i tell you what though i just very quickly off the subject of soccer i like to talk about boxing because did you watch that shit show uh the weekend um and the way that the TNT commentators, and this is one for you probably, mate, learn what you're talking about. You know what I mean? Like, they, 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 the, the way they patronised Francis Ngannou was in unbelievable. They're going, oh, the crowd can't believe what they're watching here. Uh, you know, which basically was saying that Tyson Fury was getting his ass kicked um, by the 37-year-old non-boxer, you know, who, uh, the way they spoke about him, Francis Ngannou is one of the greatest MMA fighters of all time. You know, it's like, they were talking like he was some amateur that popped up, you know. He beat him up. It's just ridiculous. The whole thing's a scam. And uh, and I'm never watching boxing ever, ever again. It's just, it's just bullshit. Did you watch the fight? I didn't because, A, I, 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 I'm not into boxing. MMA, so I don't know who it was. No, it was boxing. It was Tyson Fury I know versus... I Tyson Fury, yeah. but, but what's happening, Terry? The purest boxing matches aren't happening anymore, are they? Now we're getting MMA people coming in. Now we're getting YouTubers We are getting in. that. Bo- boxing's changing completely. Correct. But the days of when we were younger, going back to the Arlies and all of those, right through to the Lennox Lewis's and the Tyson, you know, they would fight each other. And that's what happens with MMA, you know, with, whether it be Bellator or UFC or one. The best fight the best. They want to fight the best. This is all nonsense now. And the Usyk fight, you know, our poor boy Daniel, you know, beat him up. And, uh, and they said it was below the belt. It's just an absolute shit shower. You know, and and Tyson Fury's, I'm a fighting man. I'm a fighting man. You're not. You're a boxer. Francis Ngannou's a fighting man. You know, you put that in, 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 a, in an octagon. It's over in 20, 30 seconds, that fight. And the other thing is, you know, when he knocked him to the canvas, the, 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 non, the non-boxer, you know, if that was in the octagon, and I know it wasn't, right, but he would have just pounded him out. It would have been over. It's just well, nonsense. Have, I'm not a fighting man. No, you're not a fighting man. The other thing, Terry, I don't... I, I find very difficult to stomach because it's, it's start of the Saudi season. You know, it goes through until March, and I was listening to the radio last night. They were saying, oh, it's 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 boxing, it's football, it's other sports, it's yep. beach sports, it's it's cultural events, it's food events, all the way through to March. This is... this is you know, We know what it is. It's It's, you know... Trying to um, present Saudi as an agreeable, presentable, um, almost like Western country, if you like, mm-hmm. um, uh, or, or more palatable to Western uh, tastes, I should say, when there are still dark things about Saudi that are unpalatable to Western tastes. And they need to sort those things out before I finally, uh, if, if I ever do, buy into the Saudi thing, because I've never been, I, I have no stomach to go at the moment because of the way uh, women are treated because of the way gay people are treated and and uh, you know I found Qatar difficult enough I, I think I find Saudi very very difficult um, 
my brother-in-law is working over there at the moment quite often for uh, a media company and uh, I, I know that he uh, is, is trying to learn more about it and, and, and you know, finds it more and more uh, interesting, but I, I would find it very difficult. I ne- mm. I'd need to know more. So the Saudi thing for me is, you know, sports washing to the worst degree at the moment. So well, they 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 invested in that that fight. I mean, the people that were there from from you know, Mike, well, Mike Tyson obviously trained Francis Ngannou, who was at the end of the fight as well was very humble. Was you know, he's a beautiful human being, and his story is something else. You know, the fact that he you know he walked all the way from Cambodia basically to Paris at ten years old because he was fleeing. You know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the people that were there, you know, the stars of, of the world, you know, yeah. that they paid to get there. Even Ronaldo was sitting there, you know. It's just crazy. But anyway, let's talk soccer. Well, because it's not the only unpalatable thing uh, of this weekend, really. Um, my game for TNT Sports on a Sunday, I uh, do the league on game for them every Sunday and have done for many years. That's unbelievable what's happened there. Well, we, our game was Marseille against Lyon. And a couple of years ago, Terry, uh, it was November 21, we did Lyon against Marseille. We watched a bottle thrown out at Dimitri Payet early on in the game. Referee called the players off. Uh, There was a big conflab underneath the stand. Lyon went back onto the pitch. Marseille didn't. The coach was concerned about their safety. After two hours, the game was abandoned. Who was responsible? Who who needs to make the decision as to whether the game would be off? Was it the police? It turned out to be it was local council. Oh, my God, it was was shameful. Right, that's two years ago. should never happen again. And then yesterday, as the Lyon coach was arriving at Stade Velodrome, the coach was hit by rocks uh, and flares and fireworks. The windows were smashed. Fabio Grosso, the coach of Lyon, was badly cut. Uh, very quickly, uh, they released pictures on social media. Media, I saw them. Um, this was just before we were about to go on air. Um, he had a badly cut ha- uh, face, blood all over his face and his hands. His assistant was also injured. Um, and then we saw pictures of them being uh, of Grosso and bandages. Um, and then uh, the game was uh, a big thing came up in the, in the stadium saying, you know, that this match will not take place. A few fans booed. The stadium was nowhere near a third full at that stage. The word must have gone around this might, this game might be off. And then they held a press conference. Uh, the uh, official from the league and the referee went in there. Uh, the referee explained the situation that. Um, Leon hadn't wanted to go out and play. They feared for their safety. Um, and the, in the protocol, if someone involved in the game, an official or someone from the team is hurt, uh, wounded by uh, hooliganism, then the game would be called off and the referee called it off. Now, this will go to a league decision. Uh, Marseille will say it was outside the stadium, so it was beyond their jurisdiction and it should have been policed better. When I went over there with Brighton recently, uh, we were bussed to the stadium all the way through the bus route, there were fans on both sides of the road hurling abuse at us, not hurling anything physical. No. But there was a massive police presence everywhere we went. The, the buses were stopped at one stage because the team coach was coming through. And we were stopped in this, uh, you know, on a dual carriageway. Immediately, the bus was surrounded by big robocops with all their gear on, you know, mm-hmm. to stop anyone getting near us. You know, it's intimidating. And when they were making gestures, they were making lewd gestures, you know, gay, anti-gay gestures, because um, Brighton got this 
you know, shtick about them that uh, which is wrong completely and, and, and illegal to chant homophobic chants. And they were doing it, and Brighton fans were laughing at them. And when we were in the stadium, we had coins thrown out, spun through the air. You could hear them going past your ear. No one was hit, thank God. Um, but that's the worst of it. You know, that was the way it's, it's an unbelievable noise. It's an unbelievable stadium. It's hugely atmospheric, but there is this wrong element. Now, what's going to happen? Because French football is escalating out of trouble. It's virtually every other week. A couple of weeks ago, Clermont uh, Foot's game was uh, abandoned because the goalkeeper was hit by a firework thrown out of Montpellier. Wow. Last season, Lyon went to Paris FC in the French Cup, game abandoned, crowd trouble. Nice, Marseille, in August of 21, abandoned, crowd trouble, bottle thrown out of Payet, who threw it back, and then the fans came on the pitch. It's happening too often. Uh, yeah, yeah. should happen maybe once in a life. It doesn't happen in England anymore. It doesn't happen around the world anymore. And there's something sick about French society that's allowing this to happen. And I've watched video of that coach coming into the ground yesterday. Where was that heavy police presence? So what's the punishment going to be? Marseille will say it's out of our jurisdiction. It's a police matter. It's a governmental matter. If it's found that it is Marseille fans who did it, and of course it, we know it was, then they should be docked at the game straight away, 3-0 to Lyon. They should be docked further points, maybe, well, suspended sentences. This has happened before. You know, the, 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 the clubs have got to be bashed here by the authorities. They've got to take brutal, brutal action to stop this happening, to send the message out. This is intolerable. What is it, Terry? Nine months, the Olympics will be in France. The Rugby yeah. World Cup's just gone off magnificently. Yeah, well, um, rugby's are, with, the, 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 rugby fans and football fans are completely... Yeah, different. magnificent, but th- th- this can't happen. Here's this, the thing, though, I hear what you're saying about, you know, because uh, I'm going to bring up what everyone would bring up at this point. There were six coaches attacked, by the way, as well, with fans on. The other thing is, um, you know, if I'm a decent fan, why am I getting penalised? You know, that's going to be the argument, OK? That's number one. Number two is, uh, you know, if you dock the points from the club and you go, right, it's a 3-0 win, like you said... Then what happens there? Then then obviously Marseille have to get their their bits together, as it were. But what do they do? Pay the police force to put more people in 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 on the street, or do they have to bring in private security? What I mean, how does it work then? How it's do the you, home team's responsibility? To I mean, how do you train these obviously idiots? I mean, I, I, I'm lost on the whole thing. I, I you, I'd never think of French French people being like that. To be honest with you, I don't think of you know France. I feel feel it was being a bit of a hippie culture. There aren't many clubs that, that there are. You know, I think this was partially revenge for the thing that happened in Lyon in November 2021. Um, Lyon, Marseille. And what, um, the Lyon fans attacked the Marseille Lyon fans. Lyon fans threw a bottle out of I mean, Oh, when, from when that, go, yes, when right. You go to, okay. When you go to French games, when they go to take a corner, you've got people carrying, there's nets anyway, um, behind the goals, fence, sort of mesh nets. Mm-hmm. But you, then you get extra ones. You get people, two blokes carrying a big net and in in the corner areas to prevent the corner taker being hit. That's now, when, when, when I went to Marseille, as I said, we were checked, pockets were checked, cigarette lighters were taken off you, you weren't allowed to have coins in your pockets or anything like this. Um, that was us, and yet we were having coins thrown at us. Um, why would you... A, CCTV is everywhere. If you are caught throwing a bottle onto a football field by CCTV, you should never go, in my opinion, you should never be allowed to go to a football game again. There is difficulty in policing that. I understand that. 
Oh no! They're, but, what they're doing now with the cameras here, aren't they? They've yeah, got the, but the you should never, you know, face all, recognition all cameras now. Six six months. Yeah, this well, there's sinister aspects to that as well. <laughs> no, that's uh, what I'm saying. Where do you yeah. draw the line here? Right, okay. So that's another. But that's another. You, that's another you podcast. You can't have people throwing bottles. At, no, you, you if can't. you throw a bottle, you're intended to hurt someone. But I saw things being thrown at um, Harland as well. Uh, at, you know, if you look carefully on Match of the Day, there, there, there was things being thrown at him when he was celebrating, albeit like. Tic Tacs and stuff. There's still people throwing stuff on. Mm. I mean, the other thing as well, the Man United fans singing uh, Kino and all that as well. You know, about his dad getting his leg busted and fuck. Oh, shameful. It's just sometimes people, I understand football fans and I get get the fun of it. Sometimes it's just great fun, isn't it? You know, it's brilliant some of the things that come out. But then sometimes you hear things like that and you're going, wow, that's quite incredible. Did you see the age of the Manchester City fans who... who, uh, have now been had up for, um, for for making noise when the you know when the tribute was on for Bobby Charlton. See the age of them, you know they're, they're, these are ridiculously young people. Are they taught? Are they not taught? But their parents, you know, this is unacceptable. They're not taught by the schools. This is unacceptable. You cannot behave like that. Why do people feel they're so entitled to behave like this? Mm. Why do Marseille mm. fans feel they're entitled to throw rocks at the away team arriving? You endanger lives. You know, there, there should be an investigation as to why it wasn't better policed. There should be investigation into the whole of the Marseille, um, the Marseille Football Club, the way their fans behave in and outside the stadium. And as Leon have said, subsequent to last night's attack, this is a warning that something very, very bad will happen unless this is stopped. And it will. There aren't great numbers of travelling fans in French football, especially to that, what is effectively an 8.45 kickoff on a Sunday night. And if they bring in the eight o'clock kickoffs in England in the next two or three years under the next TV deal, which is doubtful in my opinion, but if they do, then the level number of away fans travelling to those games will diminish. Mm. So there aren't that number of away fans travelling in French football, but you still get them from the very big clubs, from PSGs who aren't allowed into Marseille, by the way, and Marseille who aren't allowed into PSG, by the way. What, they can't have the away fans in their grounds? They're banned. Because because of of the the trouble? because of the trouble between PSG and Marseille over the years, the two cities hate each other. You know, if you think there's a rivalry between London and Manchester or London and Birmingham, that's nothing. Marseille and Paris hate each other. It's going off the track a little bit, but um, it cannot go on. You know, if it's in in UEFA, Terry, if it's a UEFA competition, Mm. if that happened last night in the Europa League and the away team bus... They'd be kicked out, wouldn't they? They would be kicked out of the tournament. And, um, you know, I think they've got to be on a... They've got to be on a a real warning now from from Liga because Ligan is getting a disreputable reputation because of this crowd trouble. I thought the referee was excellent the way he handled it. It was very dignified in the press conference and I thought it was right that a ball was not kicked. I don't think... What we had two years ago when we were waiting for two hours before they finally decided, who is it to call this game off? Mm. Police, council, referee, teams, whatever it was. That was a nonsense. Uh, so it was, it was much better handled yesterday. It was, and, and the precedent should be loud and clear. This will not be tolerated. The games will not take place. And by the way, the culprit club will be docked the points and the victim club will be given the game 3-0. Where's the president in all this? What's he saying? Macron. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I haven't heard a comment from him. And the sports minister um, has made a comment. Now, 
I don't know, I'm not into French politics at all, but I listened to Julian Laurent last night on the radio, who I've got a great deal of time for, he's French journalist, many of you would have heard him and watched him on television, I've got a great time, and he, he, he said he had no time for the sports minister in France. And he was saying what a shameful, how shameful it was that these scenes were being viewed again globally. And uh, because that's it, you know, mm. that, that game that, that I do on a Sunday night is, called, is what's called the World Feed game. Yeah. It goes out to the world, and that's French football and on a global stage, and that's what went round the world last night. That's that's ridiculous. Just just going over back to uh, our our country here, and uh, you know the disgraceful people. You know you, you're going to get that the Munich disaster and all the Leeds fans and all that. You know that's just that's the way it is. Okay, but this uh, Brighton fan last week, for some reason, beyond I don't know why he was having a go at um, uh, Bobby Charlton. But he he's been arrested for that. Now is that not dangerous? I mean, isn't there a freedom of speech there? I mean, is it a hate crime or something? I mean, did you hear a about this? Fan. A Brighton fan. I'm pretty sure a Brighton fan got arrested for um, for shouting obscenities and uh, disrespect for um, Bobby um, Charlton. Yeah, two Manchester City fans. No, 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 no. I'm pretty sure. Let me look Wait, it up. I don't know. I, I don't. Well, oh, I'll I come it. back to that. I'll have a look at it later. But I'm, I'm pretty sure someone did because I heard it on the news. So I'm pretty damn sure I'm right about it. But I was just thinking, you know, is, is isn't it for the for the people sitting around that that person to tell him to shut up, you know, and 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 uh, you know have a bit of respect? I mean, does he have to be taken to court and and punished? I don't. That's uh, freedom of speech and whatever, isn't it? Being incurred there. Am I going mad? I mean, if you were a football ground and you were invited to pay your respects to Bobby Charlton or whatever the whatever the you know Bill Kenwright, and we'll come on to Bill in a minute. Yeah, we're coming on Bill. Yeah, you, you are invited to pay your respects. You know that's what they say. Please Correct. pay your respects now, with a moment yes. of applause or a moment of silence, whatever. You are invited to pay your respects. You're not invited to say anything else or say anything derogatory, and that is that is shameful behaviour. And and uh, if that- anyone is. That is a that is the perfect answer to this question, but my point is, and I do agree, and he should be shamed, or they should be shamed, and it is a disgrace. But do, does it get to a point where they should be then taken to court and charged? Well, I, I don't know. I don't know the. Spe- I can't comment because I don't know the specifics of the case. Mm. If he has said something, that, you know, that, in, that incites trouble around him, yes, he should be arrested because it's a criminal offence. Correct. Um, so I, I can't comment for any further on that today because I don't mm. I don't know the circumstances. I mean, there was you know, it, only last week a fan elsewhere was arrested for horrible racist comments. Well, that's that's, a, that, that's, that's yeah, that, you know. that, but then it gets into what, that freedom what, of speech. But it's still that racism is just, just that's just that's that's just thick people. I what, think that's what just I don't understand people. is you got to be thick to be racist. But anyway, what I don't understand is, and this is a society thing. This isn't this is just a football thing. This entitlement. You know, we are entitled to go on social media and and absolutely hammer people. We are entitled to go on social media and threaten people. No, you're not. No, no you're not. If you pick up a if you pick up a telephone and phone Terry Alderton yeah. and threaten him down that telephone oh. line, you have committed a crime. But then, you, if you do it in social media, you you go away scot free. Mm. Everything needs to be better policed, but. In education, from family down to schools and, and so on and so on, and in the workplace, people need to this in, this entitlement that is is, is blighting society at the moment needs to be redirected. You are not entitled to say at all times exactly what you think about everyone. If it is malicious, if it is insightful, 
if it is criminal, and we're seeing too much of it. And I and I and I just feel I, I agree with you that that the the, the Manchester United fans singing Kino to to unbelievable that to Erlen Haaland was just shameful, shameful. And he came, of course, he, he he responded in the best possible way to them. Well, he's bigger than that, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, he's just well, he's bigger than anyone. He's, isn't he? just, I mean, yeah, he's bigger than anyone, he, but he's, he's just brilliant, isn't he? I mean, he's just—he's just like he's just—he's just got this mad head and mad face, and he's just brilliant, isn't he? I mean, he's just brilliant. I mean, he's, we've he's had an angry. Well, how long have we done now? Twenty minutes. We've had an angry twenty minutes. We've had an angry twenty minutes. Should we yes, come we, back and talk? Let, let's take a break and then come back and be nice. Uh, took me chill pill. I got it all wrong, didn't I, Jonathan? I got it wrong. Sorry, Brighton fans. Um, yeah, it was it was at the Man City Brighton game. It was the, it was a, a, the two boys um, taken into account. Seventeen year old charged with public order offence after chance about Bobby Charlton and a fourteen year old who was dealt with um, outside of political will be dealt with outside of court action. But uh, it was it was the Brighton you, you, right game, Terry. But it was a Brighton um, it was a Brighton game, but not Brighton fans. Right. Anyway, let's move on to let's go up now. Let's go upwards. Come on. So, uh, well, lovely Bill. Lovely Bill Kenwright. I mean, that is a shame. I knew it was happening because I, I I worked with uh, for Jenny Seagrove uh, not long ago. Um, a wonderful night for her charity, and uh, I, I that's the first and only ever time I met Bill, and he, he was absolutely gorgeous. I mean, what he said to me, I, I won't go on, but because it, it just it sounds like I'm blowing my own asshole, but he was gorgeous, and he said the most amazing things to me after watching me on stage, and I thought this man's worked with the likes of Tony Hancock and. And, and other greats, and that goes on and on and on, you know, through his theatre uh, uh, side of his life. And then um, I, d- I did know he was, because he told me, he said he, was back, back, he had this brain tumour and what have you, and he was going through a lot of uh, stick with um, terrible things were happening with, with some fans. I won't go into it, but things he was telling me, and it was quite unbelievable, which he was suffering just as a, a person running a football club, going back to that kind of violent thing again. But, um, yeah... He was a, a, a lovely man and, and, and spoke very highly of Mr. Jonathan Pierce. Yeah, he was a friend of mine going back many years. Um, before we go into what he did for Everton Football Club and other things, but he, um, at a very low point in my life, uh, both professionally and personally, Bill was there and uh, every time I saw him, he'd take me to one side and... and uh, you know, and have a few words and invited me to his office, which I went to um, in London. And then we went out for a meal. And, um, you know, he was uh, he was a, a gentleman, uh, a gentleman and a gentle as in terms of kindness, man. Mm. Um, mm. He, he loved football. I mean, does, Yes, Everton, of course. I mean, Everton is great passion in life. He used to talk about a player called Dave Hickson, um, who was around um, when Bill was young. And Bill used to say he used to clamber over the fence at Goodison just to see uh, Hickson play. Mm. Um, and he, he, he was a goal scorer. And uh, I think he used to call him the golden boy. And... Um, you know he lo- he loved his uh, he loved his Everton. He, he was passionate about it. He was passionate about all football, and um, he kept Everton really going during stormy times. And what what I find bizarre, Terry, is that you know then he needed extra money. Of course he did because all of a sudden Everton are competing against teams backed by countries. He didn't have that sort of money, but he'd made sure Everton did have the finances when yeah. he was really in charge there. Then the club was bought, 
and then the new owner can't compete with the countries, and and, and Bill gets it in the net, and Bill, oh, he's, he's been there too long, he's done well, this, you know. That that was the thing, that was the thing, when, when I was saying to, to Jenny about, you know, what was going on, and she was going, well, you know, the problem is, he, he, won't, he won't rubbish the owners, even though he knew things weren't right there, he won't rubbish anyone, that's not his style, and of course, then he would get it in the neck for being a professional, it, you know, he and as you said, Jonathan, all he cared about was football, obviously, and and Everton. He loved that club. I mean, you know what was going on with him at that time, and he was telling me it was just unbelievable the crap that he was getting for someone that actually was trying to sit in the middle of everyone, going, "Look, I've not sold us and sold us down the road." Exactly what you've just said. We needed to bring in some finance. He, he, he you know, he, he was a wonderful man. You know, I mean, you know, we. He had an acting background, uh, and, and what he did in theatre was amazing. And um, you know, his, his, his track record in that in that world was unbelievable. And I've spoken to people. I put a great story in what people say about people. Those the people who I admire talking mm. about other people. I greatly admire David Moyes, and David Moyes loved Bill Kenwright. And uh, um, always spoke glowingly about him. Phil Neville, I've got a huge amount of time for. Mm. Um, and um, Phil's adversity in life, um, and, and on the football field, and as a manager, and it retains his dignity. And I think he, he got he, a large chunk of that came from his experience with Bill. And he talks just glowingly about Bill. And uh, you know, when you get football perspectives from people like that, when you get life story perspectives from people like that, it just enhances your opinion of a, of a person. And I have, I had the highest opinion of Bill Kenwright, a long-serving chairman. And you know, how many Terry? How many when a, when a chairman has died? How many times have you ever seen minutes no, no, applause for never. him? No. Very, very rarely. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and since Bill went, I've now been to a couple in the country. Uh, in England, where they've said this is a minute's applause for Bobby Charlton and for Bill Kenwright, the Everton, and everyone applauded, and Bill's picture went up, you know, yeah, yeah. in the stadium. And it, you know, it was held in great respect, I think, by many people within the game. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry that it turned against him at Everton, and I know how pained he would have been by that. And, he was, t- uh, well, from what I knew of him, and you know what, he, he, he'd chat with you as well, you know, I mean, he, he wasn't, he wasn't. He wasn't going on to me going, boo-hoo, you know, poor me. It was none of that. It was just like he was actually baffled by what... I mean, I can't tell you on here what, what happened to him, uh, several things, you know. But we're talking um, heavy, heavy, heavy violence, you know, and threat. Oh, yeah, they were... The, yeah, I mean, that's been in the public domain, isn't it, how they were threatened? I don't think it all has, not all, from what, I, what he told me. But the, the point was, you know, Jenny was there and saying, he, you know, Bill won't come out and say... Anything about anyone else? He won't. He won't. Def- he would. He could have thrown it all, all away. Does that make sense? He could have yeah. just gone. Do you know what? Go away. It's nothing to do with me. It's all to do with this lot. But he wouldn't do that. He wouldn't do it because he loved that club so much, and he just wanted the club to be protected. You know, unbelievable. He, he always had time for me. You know, whenever I went up to Goodison, I love Goodison Park. Um, oh, I love that ground as well. It's a gorgeous it's, ground. I'm lucky it, to play on there. I've played on it. It's one of the beautiful, almost like unchanged has been changed since 66 of course it has but it's got that 66 feel about it the last one really for me that has that 66 feel about it and that'll go of course when they move into the new stadium which Bill will never see but um he always had time and his 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 little chairman's office was up a flight of stairs when we were going the main entrance and 
And he always used to say, give me a ring when you're here. And I used to go up and sit in his office with him and, and uh, have a cup of tea and a natter. And uh, he would talk about things. He, he loved Capital Gold. And um, he, lo- he loved the commentary style of Capital Gold. And when when, he, when Capital Gold finished, he was... He was he, he was quite angry about it all, really, and the, the demise of Capital Gold and why it finished. And um, it was you know, money, wasn't it? it was what just could, purely what money, could have wasn't been it? done? What could have been done to save it and, and to keep it on air? And um, you know, he was but quite it, angry it was, about it. It was, he, it was it was it was it was expense in the end, wasn't it? I mean, if I'm rightly saying, I know we're going, I'm going to go off piece here, but but wasn't it a time where where you guys at Capital? Well, I mean, I was there for a little while as well, um, but. Wasn't it something like thirty grand a year for like four Premier League clubs in London? No, to the commentate the first, on? no, no. When we first started, it was a cartel. Um, so if there were six London clubs in the Premier League or or two London clubs, the money was the same, which was just over thirty grand a year. And I was part of, I part of that setup to, to to put that deal in place, and um, and with Richard Park, the program director, and and that money went up and up and up, and then. Uh, all of a sudden, Talk Sport came on air as a basically a London and South East station, as it was then, and the, and, and prices went through the roof ridiculously. Wow. You know, so that towards the end, I think we were paying almost a million a year for like wow. well, they were from one club, I think, and um, so so the rumours had it, and I, and I know then the capital directors, the group, started to have qualms about it. Um, uh, Richard Richard left. Someone was brought in who I don't think could do the job, in my opinion, um, totally out of her depth. And um, and then she didn't want me around. I was known as a Richard Park person. She didn't want me around, really, yeah, I don't think. Happens, yeah. It was made it more, more and more difficult for me. So I left, and then about a year later, the whole thing collapsed because it just got the directors thought it was too expensive. And because Terry as well, when every game under the sun became televised... You, your audience figures for radio drop off. People will turn around and say, "Oh, they listen to the, watch the telly and listen to the radio." Yeah, minority do, but it, it's it's crushed radio figures over the year. And to the credit of Five Live, their recent figures are outstanding. Mm. Um, to to their credit, uh, the recent radio figures and well done to an excellent team they have on, on the football. Um, but you know, we digress. Bill did. Bill loved capital. Yeah, that's what I was coming back. So what? That was just going to come back to. So why did Bill? Uh, what was his anger on the whole thing? Then well, it was let. It was let go. That he right. stopped. And uh, he used to say, "Well, can't you commentate on the telly like you like you <laughs> like you do on the radio?" No, no, um, no. Which would people would just turn off. Um, no, you they know, wouldn't. that's no, that's every. That, I tell you, I do think that sometimes. I mean, I do think when I'm watching Patch of the Day, why can't he just do his old Jonathan stuff? It's not that you don't do it brilliantly, but it is. It's a lot straighter, isn't it? I mean, not that you weren't, you know, straight. It was just bloody brilliant, poetic, if not dare I say it. I mean, the amount of people when I tell them we do this podcast, they will always quote me a Jonathan Pierce quote from the radio days. You know, it'll be something, but it'll be like. <laughs> Well, how did he come up with that? But it, it people be, remember it, it. They remember it. It would be hammered on social media. Oh, and I, but we've broadco- already gone down that. Screw them. Bro- you know what broadcast, I mean? Broadcast, yeah, but broadcast bosses only... only Broadcast bosses are terrified of social media because if you get terrible press on social oh, media, God, then the, the mail will start printing terrible articles, uh, critical articles, and they, get, and they get paranoid about it. No one's going to go on social media. You don't go on social media to praise people. The only people who go on social media are damning. And and yet they you know they pay too much, uh, you know too much faith in in 
the criticism, I think. And um, you, you, there's not absolutely no way. I mean, television commentary is different anyway. You're there to add to the pictures, not to paint pictures with words. Yes, and, true, um, true. You know, it was it was of a time, and we played on words, and there were lots of puns. And um, mm-hmm. you know, there's a commentator now who who, who does that plays uh, play on words and puns. I don't think it works in 2020. No, and I tell you something else as well. There's a certain I'm not going to mention the presenter. He's 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 partial to a bit of Sky, and he's partial to being on with uh, with Gary Lineker on uh, Match of the Day. And he, be honest with you, he, he's probably a nice man, but he does my absolute head in. He's always got a lot of in-joke. There's an unwritten rule in telly and, and radio. You don't do in-jokes. You don't come back from a break laughing or come out of a game laughing and sneaky and pulling a little face because you've just had a joke about something. So it's an unwritten rule. And he does it all the time. And, and you know, he may... Um, I'm not going to mention him, but it's just like... It does my head in, you know. So there are certain, like, rules and... You know, un, and not really rules, but just... Um, what's the word? Uh, etiquette. That's the word. It's been lost. A lot of etiquette has been lost, in my opinion. I, I think you know, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to damn my own industry because there's some wonderful people in it. You just mentioned Gary Lineker. I think Gary Lineker's head and shoulders above the best. It isn't the Gary best Lineker, football by the presenter way. on the television by a country. Chappies is all right, huh? Chappies is all right, Mark. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm talking football person here. Chappies, Chappies is, Chappers a is genius. not a football person. Chappies is, Chappers is a yeah, genius. He's cracking Chappies. Um, Chappers, I think, when Gary does leave, I think Chappers should get matched. I don't know. I'm not party to it. BBC boss is watching this. It's my opinion, just my opinion. I'd but say, I think Chappers. And is I'll a, tell you someone else I really liked, and I said this to you the other day, and I wonder if anyone else listening is. What happened to wonderful Manish? I loved Manish. Why did he disappear? <laughs> Manish is still working. Elsewhere, yeah, I but he think. doesn't. I I, he wasn't. He, he was. He was. Anyway, we can't get into that. You don't know his life. But I just put it out there. If he should be listening, we, we should get him on, Manish. We should get he's him lovely on. Lovely man. What well, one one thing I will say, Terry, about my industry overall, and it's obviously difficult for me to speak about the BBC, but um, my industry as a whole. Someone who's very high up in the industry the other day was saying one of the problems is uh, in terms of they they don't necessarily want pure journalistic integrity. Um, they want entertainment. It's an entertainment industry, and rather than have pure journalistic integrity like they have on the news, mm. they want more. Uh, they want more entertainment. Uh, li- they want more light entertainment. They want to make it as a light entertainment show, um, and that's not just the BBC. Uh, that's that's ITV and everywhere. And that's the way it is. That's the that's what people want. That's what people want. And and I, you know, in many respects, I'm a dinosaur. I know I am. But I will still, you know, when people say what what, what are you, I will say I'm a journalist. Yeah. I, that's what I was trained to be. I'm a journalist, and and I, and I broadcast and I'm a commentator. But journalistically, and and people say to me. Well, I, you did a game at the weekend and you didn't mention this, but I've heard so and so and so and so's joining that club. Okay, what did you hear? That where did you hear that? On social media, <laughs> you cannot base a story on social media. Mm. You have to have two stroke three sources for every story you broadcast or, or write about. And I stick to those rules. Mm. And, and and another thing, if people, are, you know, I. I would like to think I could walk into a room full of football managers and they would shake my hand um, and they would talk to me because I have never knowingly stitched up anyone in 43 years. 
No. And that I think that is important. You know, someone tells you something in confidence, you don't go blabbing it on social media. And you don't do this. And there are some really terrific sports journalists we have in this country, really brilliant writers and brilliant sports journalists and brilliant sports broadcasters. Uh, Ian Dennis, Five Live. Johnny Murray, Five Live. Mark Chapman, BBC TV. Oh, and, and you know, I'm not forgetting the other, the other, uh, the other stations as well. But um, you know, there are brilliant people. But there are some, some, there are some others. Maybe, maybe they, you know, they're newer to it. Maybe they're trying to thrust up through it. But they're taking chances with one of things, one or two things they do that, for me, are unacceptable. But I'm a dinosaur. I'm a dinosaur. Yeah, I well, it's just it's just certain. It's I, I don't mind them making it lighthearted and a bit more fun, but it's just you can't you can't have those that, those in jokes. You're just like I oh, just do my head in. But anyway, 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 I still say Terry. I still say the level of broadcasting. If you go abroad, if you go to America, if you go to France, the level of the level of coverage from camera shot selection, from match direction, from studio presentation live OB presentation through commentary and I'm not talking about myself here people I'm talking about other people mm. who are far better than me those levels are higher than anywhere else in the world just go to America and you might get taken away by the whiz bang of it all and the, and the, and the panache of it all in America and then look at the substance alright French coverage of football doesn't compare to ours uh, other countries don't compare to ours so we are still a very, very high, and our level of sports journalism, by and large, is very, very high in my opinion. I'm privileged to be a member of the Football Writers Association. Privileged. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. I mean, yeah. That that I agree with you on that. I agree. I do agree. And I think I don't think you're a dinosaur. Not not it, quite yet. You're not. Quite anyway, yet. we've had a rant, and I haven't even oh, talked we, about we have a rant delay at Bournemouth. This has been a ranty, ranty, ranty one. Five minutes for VAR. Uh, well, well, don't get me on VIR, but yesterday, actually, fair enough, it, it caught one, didn't it? It caught a good one, so a uh, Man City game, fair enough. But um, I don't like VIR. Yeah, but on your commentary, you went, this is disgraceful. This is... They, they actually showed pictures on Match of the Day, them sitting in the studio going, I don't know, I don't know. Well, no, the fans were saying this is embarrassing, and it was. But I could hear them, you know. I, Dave, I will say in this situation, David Coote, the VAR, has had some stick on this. David Coote on the VAR kept saying, I have to get this right. Delay, delay further. I have to get this right. So fair play to him. He had to get it right. He knew it, and he made sure that he did, and he got there in the end. I think the technology was wanting, was found wanting. Why was a green line put up before a red line was put up? Um, it, and that was all wrong. So again, it's a technology thing. The picture was frozen for a long, long time, and there was not. I can hear the feed. Right, I can yeah. hear the VAR talking yeah. to the referee. There was, was it a panic in the feed? Was it? There was always... silence, utter silence. Oh, and I think. I think the technology wasn't there. I don't know. I'd love to see a transcript of it. I'd love to know why there was so long silence. And I'd like to know why the wrong line was put up in the first place. But it's, you know, people say, well, these are teething problems. It's, hang on a minute. It's been around long enough now. It's been around long. Come on. Five minutes be right is ridiculous. Now. Five minutes is ridiculous. Yeah. Without, without the crowd being told. You know, without the crowd being in on a miserable day, pouring with rain. They were soaking wet. You know, they've got to be informed better than just a VAR check is going on. They've got mm. to be informed. You know, why not play out the dialogue? Do you think why that not? would work? Why, why can't we hear the, we hear the referee, we hear the, we hear the umpire in the sky? 
Can you hear what he's saying? It works well in cricket. And rugby. Why can't we, why can't we hear that? Yeah, you hear the rugby referee as well, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think that's a bad... Uh, well, what, do you know what? Why not try it? Because you're trying VAR, and now we have VAR, so why don't we try out uh, it in a... I don't know. And don't start me talking about oh. cars that stay in what is now the third lane on motorways and don't move. Don't hey. get me talking on that. No, no, no let me tell you something. we're having a rant about life. Let me tell you something. That middle lane hoggers, let me tell you something. Me dri- driving home at night, all the way at 65 miles an hour in my car, believe it or not, and they're still sitting that middle lane going slower. I don't even pull out after sort of 12 o'clock. I just go up the inside now. I don't pull out. I undertake the whole way. And don't, I'm thinking, me, and don't start <laughs> me talking about people who use my <laughs> garden waste bins to dump beer cans in no. and take away kebab things in on the way home from the pub. It's a garden bin. It's not a rubbish bin. <laughs> yeah, lane huggers and rubbish bin knickers. You bastard, you. <laughs> I'm I'm very lucky because I'm 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 snuck away. You can't get to my house, so I'm lucky. My bins are all private. I'm such a oh yeah. Look at me in my grand castle. It's not quite that good, but I uh, yeah. You can't get to my bins. I like it. <laughs> I got a main road. I've just live out in the country. All right. <laughs> I wonder if people have enjoyed this rant from two men of a. Yeah, we do apologise, everyone, if, if we've been a bit moany on today's show, but um. You know, you can have a little moan sometimes, haven't you? You've got to have a little yeah. moan. You've got to have a little moan. And pick uh, up your dog poo. Yeah. Well, I think... No, do you know the worst thing about that dog poo? I'll tell you something, is when you play, you play the Sunday games with oh, the boys no. and people have left shit on the pitches. That's bang out of order, man. That's just yeah. naughty. Yeah. I don't give a shit. I don't like football. Yeah, well, pick your dog shit up. I'll tell you what, though. My son's team... This is boring for anyone listening. It's like, I'm going to tell you about a dream I had now. Who cares? But... This kid, Christian, scored the best goal I have ever seen in my life in live football. I'm talking, and I've seen Real Madrid play. He did this thing with his feet where he clicked them together and he swerved and they played brilliant. But this goal he scored, Jonathan, I, I, I wish I had it on camera. It's boring to tell everybody because I put it on the on the feed. But it was out. I've never seen such a brilliant goal from a 16-year-old boy. He was, he was outstanding. I wanted to say that. This, I will leave you with this dream I had this last week. I was telling my son about it. It's very weird. We <laughs> you can't fan- tell dreams and you can't talk we about your kids' football team. Time. We <laughs> were having were a fantastic you? time. We Where were out. you? We were in pubs and in the stream and we were having a great time and we went from pub to pub and then we went into this pub and they said, oh, you've got to go out in the courtyard. Courtyard's fantastic. Go in the courtyard in the pub. So about 20 of us went out in the courtyard and in the middle of the courtyard... Ryan Giggs was tied to a stake. Shut up. And I woke up. Is that real? That you was, dreamt that? It was one of those dreams that seemed How so can real I get? to you. It didn't happen, did it? No, that's weird though, isn't it? Ryan did it Giggs. Happen, people? Stake. I don't think it happened. Ryan oh Stake. God. I've got oh. to go, sorry. I've, <laughs> I've got an appointment with your shrink. Oh, no, you don't want to see my shrink. They're rad. They're rad. They add, they add, they add things. They don't take things away. They add. I add. Anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. Don't forget we're on uh, X. He's going to kill that off anyway. That's his plan, I imagine. But um, we don't pay for it yet. But it's on X. We are JPT Football. Um, and uh, I think we're on Instagram as well. And uh, a little bit on TikTok, a tick tick. Anyway, thanks very much for listening. And uh, just by the way, its main chance is uh, is Jenny Seagro's charity. If you want to, you know, maybe on a 
on her bill and you know stick a couple of quid over there so she looks after her horses that have, have passed their date so um, there's a nice b- thing before we go monday the 13th of november we're oh, live yes. the podcast is live at the hassex hotel in hassex in west sussex right by the station if you're around that we're area, live we're we be, hope someone from brighton have albion uh, Terry and myself doing the podcast live there and maybe a special, another special guest, but we're live and, um, and it's for charity. So come along. Yeah, come along. It's for charity. We're trying to send a little lad who's ill off to America for treatment. So yeah. more about that later. Cool. But, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll bring it on. Thank Thanks very much. Cheers, Jonathan. Goodbye, everybody. Sports Social Podcast Network.